Welcome to It's Who I Am, the podcast, where we celebrate the unique life experiences that make us who we are. We're your hosts, Hannah and Rachel Vasicek, and every fortnight we'll be bringing to you a dose of inspiration and storytelling. Interviewing women across Australia and abroad who vulnerably and candidly share the depths of who they are. This podcast is brought to you by Francesca Jewellery. On today's episode of She Did It Too, we chat with the incredible Kira Rumble, owner of Crumbled Foods. In a world full of social media highlight reels, authentic breaths of fresh air are hard to come by. Kira is just that, a total breath of fresh air. Kira ever so candidly chats to us about the highs and lows of starting a business and the motivation behind her clean eating range crumbled. A little PSA though, if you do happen to stumble across her products in your local grocer, shovel those cherry bites into your basket. They are out of this world. We are so excited to chat with Kira today and we can't wait for you to listen. Kira, welcome to It's Who I Am, the podcast. We are so excited to have you on today. So welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I wish this was in person though. I know, we do too. It would be so funny if you were down here with us and we could just all sit on the couch and chat. (laughs) Oh, well, next time. Next year, hopefully. So how's life for you at the moment? Paint our audience a little bit of a picture of how things are going for you. Things are going good. We've had a really busy year despite COVID launched products in supermarkets in the middle of a pandemic and it's just been a whirlwind of a year but you know obviously given the climate it's been challenging at times but yeah at the moment I'm sort of outside of Sydney where I live so it's pretty chilled and relaxed fortunately. You're getting warmer weather which I'm completely devastated about. We have friends in Sydney who are like putting on their Instagram that they're at the beach and we still feel like we're in winter down here. It's wearing, we're both horrible. wearing jumpers. <laughs> yeah, I'm in jumpers and like full-length boots. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was having lunch on the balcony of dogs and I was lying on the town. So. Oh, <laughs> that is so not okay. So I guess for our audience, can you give a bit of a background around your business and I guess, um, yeah, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So I have two businesses working on a third Uh, I'm passionate about wellness and living life as healthy as possible. I sort of was thrown into this wellness space when I went through a bit of a health scare. When I was 20, I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic. And so from there, I always felt really unwell during my teens and I sort of just ignored it and thought that was just a normal way of living just to be nauseous, to be fatigued, to have really bad headaches and just to just feel really terrible. And it wasn't until I went to the doctor because I knew something was wrong and I went to multiple doctors and I finally found this integrative uh, doctor and he's like, you've got insulin resistance, you're pre-diabetic. If you don't stop living the way you're living, you're going to be a diabetic in a matter of months. And so I was overweight and for my my size and my height and I was eating all of the wrong foods so I knew that it was the food that I was eating and I was addicted to sugar I would eat copious amounts of sugar like packets of lollies every day (laughs) I was just saying no you know what I literally was saying to my husband today that we haven't had sugar or um, um, chocolate in the house for like I was just pointing to Hannah for our listeners I was like Thank you. Like I know, I know. it used to be me 
but it's not anymore. So anyway. It's so easy to fall it into is. it though. Yep. It's so easy. Yep. And so I was working, you know, full time and I was commuting a lot for work mm-hmm. and I would get to the point where it'd be 3 p.m. and yep. I'd be starving <gasps> Me too. or I have to work and I'd be like, I'm starving. I'm just going to pop into the server on the way home and buy a packet of chips and lollies and then go and eat dinner. And I used to think that entrees, mains and dessert every night was acceptable. Yeah. yeah. And that r- real feel, um, full feeling. So I totally agree. Yeah. Like I'd get so busy and then I'd be like, oh, I didn't have lunch today and go and get like a Mars bar and then yeah, yeah it's that 3 p.m. like it get me through yeah. the pump <gasps> yeah and like. so I was just you know it was really affecting my mental health too I had I, well, I wasn't aware that I had depression at that time and I started you know it was literally like that a light bulb went off and I was I knew that I had to make a change so overnight I cut out, you know, I've created a sort of a list that I wanted to live by and I knew that I needed to change the what I was eating and I always loved food, but I looked at food to be this indulgent sort of, you know, I just didn't understand that food could be used as this beautiful nourishment and fuel. And so, yeah, overnight I made this change, but it wasn't until halfway through my journey over, you know, over the next two years from when I was diagnosed that I realized that a lot of the healthier options that I was buying were actually loaded with hidden sugars. And so all of these protein bars and protein balls that I'd be getting, cause I was trying to go to the gym and then I'd be hungry and I had such a big sweet tooth. I'd be eating them being like, Oh, this is great for me. And then it wasn't until I started studying nutrition that I realized how much sugar was actually in all of these products. And so some of these products I was eating had, you know, the equivalent of two cinnamon donuts worth of sugar. And I'd be thinking they're healthy. I'd love the donuts. Give me the donuts any day. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I I totally, you know, I will definitely go and indulge myself. I don't live, you know, I don't have a perfect life with what I eat, but it's about making that conscious decision. And so, yeah, I decided that if I was having this issue, I knew a lot of other people would be too. And I wanted to start, you know, doing something about it. And I just felt really betrayed by all of these companies, you know, taking my money and actually worsening my health. So, yeah, I decided I wanted to start a health food company. And then a few years later and a lot of money spent on R&D, research and development and creating products, we launched about 16 months ago. And recently we launched into Coles, our first product called Beauty Bites. That is huge. And what's the brand? So the crumbled foods is the brand. And so beauty bites are our first brand, our first product within the the company. And I've seen them everywhere. It's so awesome. I I need to get some like tomorrow. I'm just thinking I need them in my handbag. Yeah. For those like (laughs) 3 p.m. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. And so when you decided to, you know, start your own health food company, what was going on for you? Like what was your background? Was your background business? I know so many of our listeners want to start something, but they fear, you know, starting because they're not good enough. Um, yeah. yeah. What was that for you? So I grew up with my dad having his own business and I saw the stress and the financial strain that it had on the family. So I always thought I would never go and create my own business. <laughs> but then I started working nine to five jobs, but it wasn't nine to five. It was a lot longer and I was stressed and I just – 
I kept on thinking to myself, why am I absolutely, you know, breaking my back trying to work these hours and I wasn't getting the recognition or I wasn't getting the financial freedom that I wanted. So I should make my own business out of it. And uh, don't get me wrong. The first I launched a product before beauty bites and I lost a lot of money and I took bad advice. Mm -hmm. I uh, trusted the wrong people and no one knows your brand or your product as good as you do. And Mm -hmm. I had a lot of doubt for the first product range that I launched and it really showed. So I decided that I'm going to pull it. I'm going to lose a lot of money and go back to, you know, the drawing boards and create a product that I was truly happy with and that I just had to learn what to do. So I learned how to do coding for the website. I learned how to do a sales pitch and doc and I learned all the margins and it was just, I had to learn it for my own safety and my own sake. And then I outsourced. Yeah. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't realize is that some of the most successful business owners are the ones who really do put on all the hats of the business, learn everything and then, you know, grow your business and then start to outsource. I think that, you know, you kind of, people who haven't started a business think, oh yeah, you just employ people. But the sheer, you know, employing, employing your first employee is like one of the biggest (laughs) moments in the history of of your you know business so yeah you really do have to take on that initiative to just try and problem solve and learn everything and it is such a daunting Mm. process yeah definitely and I just sort of thought to myself if I was ever going to then employ people I would need to be making sure that they were doing their job properly yeah and so in the first time you know I went and sought advice from this advisor and he's like, don't worry, I'll do all of it. You know, you just become the marketer and all that sort of stuff. And I wasn't even being aware of my numbers and everything. And I was very naive. So I'm glad that I had that learning experience because mm. it wasn't, you know, a mistake. It was I learned what not to do and what not to do in a business. So yeah, yeah. very thankful that I didn't lose more money. <laughs> and as well, yeah. you know, like time and yeah, it's one of those things. Like imagine if you were a lot bigger and you realize, oh man, this is like, this is huge, but now it's not my business. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Crazy. So um, what was the process for you in kind of searching out, learning all those things? Like I know for a lot of our listeners, they'd be so intrigued just to kind of like, where do you start? Oh gosh, I guess just Google. Yeah, I Googled it. Coding. I just sat on YouTube learning how to do it. I enrolled in free courses and Canva, which is the online yes magical magical (laughs) website where you can do all your templates and do marketing was my lifeline for the first nine months since we launched beauty bites I was still relying on Canva but now you know we're finally outsourcing to an actual you know proper team so yeah and then also finding the right people so obviously I'm not a graphic designer so doing the branding and things like that I wanted to make sure I found the right branding team so it was about finding the right people to sort of really elevate your brand yeah and you having that vision of what you actually wanted it to to be I guess yeah and I'm very specific like I feel so sorry for my design team I love them and I know that they love me but I'm like no that's not no <laughs> Rachel you ha- that's, that's 100% Rachel <laughs> you have to be because it's so it's almost like a little bit traumatizing when you've got something in your head and you know what you want it to look like but then conveying that and getting it out is like yeah 
such a process in itself. So you do yeah. have to have that kind of relentless, like refining fine tooth comb totally. to get yeah. through to what you're after. Has there been a defining moment in your process of crumble, like for the last 16 months, like where you've kind of really had that conviction of this is why I started? Reading the messages from people and reading our testimonials, just hearing about how we've actually changed people's life. And that sounds so corny. And I really, but just the fact that women saying, I finally found something that doesn't taste like terrible and I don't feel guilty for eating. And it's about this mentality of creating this positive change in people being able to actually find products that are bettering them. Mm. So yeah, I just, I think just more, yeah, I think it's just the feedback from people and seeing people genuinely like my product and going to Coles and taking photos oh, without getting paid to do it. It just, yeah, it's, it's nice. I love that. And you're obviously the face behind the brand. So do you feel that pressure to, I guess, always exhibit, you know, a healthy lifestyle and everything like that now? Uh, I don't think I feel pressure because I live and breathe it and I'm very much an advocate for living life in moderation I mean I will love I love a cheeky cocktail and I love you know having pizza there's nothing wrong with that it's just about being conscious and making sure that you're not getting too much sugar because mental health and you know I've been through my own fertility journey lately and it's I'm very much about speaking my truth and being honest and open about it because there's no point to sugarcoat anything Literally. <laughs> Literally. I'm like trying to wink here. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no point sugarcoating anything because it makes this whole thing about, you know, Instagram being your highlight reel. It's yeah. really detrimental to people's health. And I'm so concerned for the younger generations growing up with social media because I just, I'm really conscious that people are just going to think that they have to look a certain way and be a certain way and act a certain way. Yeah, completely. And I think the transparency you can share with your audience as well builds that trust in them to know that they're, you know, you are a person outside of the business Mm. and, you know, you are creating this product for them just as much as you're creating it for yourself. And so I guess for us, you know, it's who I am is all about who you are as a person. I think that a lot of the time you can be, you know, um, classified by your brand as that being who you are so I guess for you who are you outside of your brand I guess you were already completely involved in the wellness journey but do you find it difficult to separate the brand and yourself no I don't think so because I think that the brand tries to encourage living and speaking your truth Mm. and through this playful sort of you know, dialogue. Yeah. No, I don't it's feel so like interesting. Different. Like I love that you're selling a, a health food product, but because you are telling your journey through it, I think it's opening up a conversation. So you're almost like, I can even imagine going and buying one of those and feeling empowered to tell my truth as well. Do you know what I mean? Are you finding that that's, um, that's opening up conversation? I think because I do intertwine my health journey and my fertility journey and I've got endometriosis and all of this, you know, I, I want people to be able to speak about what's going on in their world because trying to keep things to yourself can be so damaging. Absolutely. And it's, it's so important to, you know, get 
send messages to your friends saying, I don't feel crash up today. Yep. And to, you know, feel good about yourself when you, you know, you feel good about yourself. I'm not going to be one to have celery juice in the morning and go and do hundred burpees before my first <laughs> call. That's just not me. <laughs> I think that moderation is so key and being so fanatic about one specific thing is never going to be sustainable. Mm. Have you always, like, I'm so intrigued, like, have you always been this open? Because it is something that that vulnerability I find hard. Um, you know, I go through waves of it. Um, but yeah, have you always been so open in sharing things? Uh, so about a year, oh God, nearly two years, geez, uh, ago is when I really started speaking about my fertility stuff, Mm -hmm. um, after a few pregnancy losses, but I think I've always been a very honest person and an open person. And it's kind of, you know, sometimes I used to be a little bit too oversharing, <laughs> but, um, but now I think that there's a good balance. Yeah. And I yeah. love that because I think that you, you're right. People are starting to move into more of like, you obviously have a really, you know, big social media platform. And I think that there is like a pandemic of that highlights reel going on on Instagram at the totally. moment where it is so scary like even you know I'm 25 and I find myself sometimes comparing my life to someone else's on Instagram Mm -hmm. yeah where people are just so consumed in you know putting out this perfect lifestyle that just actually does not exist Mm -hmm. and I think it's so refreshing for you who you know we would consider as an influencer with your social media platform being you know using that to actually you know bring realness to social media yeah yeah I I think it's just why why wouldn't you I mean if when I fall pregnant if I could my partner would never let me do this but I would love to stream birth my life you know Emma Isaacs from business I know I know I I was like yeah no no she she live streamed her whole birth it wasn't straight up in the no like it wasn't yeah no she was imagine having so many people behind you being like did you watch it I watched the whole thing and I was crying and I was in bed and my boyfriend was like, what are you watching? I'm like, she's live streaming her birth. It's so emotional. She is absolutely a boss though. I mean, she's done it like five times already. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And it was a home birth and all the children were there and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't even know what got us onto that conversation. I said to Hannah, I was like, can I come into the room whilst you're having, having Vienna? And she was like, no. Yeah, but I think it's like the world is screaming out for like relatability and I think that's something that I've really, um, I guess, found in the last year. Um, Like I've got a child who was born with one arm. Sharing that um, journey, I guess, in, you know, like – a lot of people might think, oh, she has a perfect life. But, you know, so many people don't see what goes on behind closed doors and things like that. So for me, you know, sharing how I coped with that and things like that has actually literally opened up so many conversations to friends who I thought were coping really well who aren't. And it's one of those things like the world is screaming out for it and it shouldn't take like, you know, a diabetes, um, you know, diagnosis for for us to share openly and things like that. So these conversations I think for especially our listeners who put like Rachel said so much pressure on themselves to be like perfect it's like well actually you know more often than not we just wing it with business you know people think that you need like that's why I always ask that question you know like um 
you know, did you know everything about business before you started? Because people, people do hold their whole life um, for this hope of starting a business and they don't just do it because of perfection. Mm, totally. And I have mm. people, a lot of younger women message me going, you know, it's so aspirational. You're in coals. You must be making so much money. <laughs> Trust me, honey. You know, <laughs> just keep that nine to five job. <laughs> yeah. no, but it's just about, there's so much that even, you know, even the most successful person in the world still doesn't share, you know, it's really stressful mm. having your own business. And I work seven days a week mm, and yeah. I'm sure you guys do too. And it's just, it's finding that balance. Yeah. But it's re- it's so rewarding. Totally. And sometimes a part of me even thinks, you know, like our Instagram feed is so like on point. I'm just like, I wish they could see what Rachel was wearing. Like it's under so the funny. Or, you know, sometimes like, like, for, like our, <laughs> our Instagram, like you'll see like me wearing a top <laughs> with a pair of earrings on, but really it's like, I have, half naked I, have like, yeah, I have like my gym gear on and like the top's actually not even on me. It's just one sleeve pulled up with the collar and I've taken a selfie of the earring. So it's like this really funny, like unperfect world beyond, you know, this the content that we put out there and it is hilarious. I think we should yeah. start uh, um, the real Francesca. You know how um, Jade, Jade, um, Jade Tunchi has like the real Jade. I like that page better than the actual <laughs> like curated page. Yeah, yeah. we do it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's I actually did this. I had a day once in the office where I went completely rogue on Snapchat. We had a Francesca <laughs> Snapchat back in the day and I I kind of like, you know, fully Hannah was out of the office. She was in Melbourne at an EO thing. And I kind of was like, all right, everyone wants to see like the real life behind Francesca and like, you know, Jane Lou from Shopo was um, being crazy. And I was like, that's what Francesca should be like. Cause we really are like that in, you know, in our office. And so I kind of went rogue one day on um, our, in our Snapchat stories showing everything. And Hannah messaged me being like, what are you doing? I think I went too far the other way, but it was pretty funny. I think it's what people want. People want that like cross between, you know, but I think that if you, you show too much of the truth, then you break your brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a fine line. So I guess, um, are there any more life defining moments that you think have truly made who you are and that you'd like to share with our audience? I think just my biggest thing would be just always trusting your gut Mm. in business and personal life, because it's the moments where I've ignored what my gut feeling says that I have come into trouble um but yeah I just think that you know your body and your what your business better than anyone else can so just go with it because you you've got it Absolutely. It's really funny saying trust your gut. We were literally listening to someone the other day who said that your gut has more neurons than your brain and that gut feeling that you get is literally your gut being like don't do Do it. it. Isn't that insane? Totally yeah yeah blows my mind. So yeah that's probably my biggest thing that I've really sort of, you know, I always, even, so my boyfriend who's now full-time in my business, I'm like, what does your gut tell you? And I ask that to everyone, what does your gut tell you? And they're like, oh, well, I'm like, take everything out. What does your gut tell you? So yeah. I love that. How is it working with your partner? 
Oh, it was so challenging at the start, <laughs> but now it's amazing. You know, oh, I, I'm a stress head, totally. <laughs> and he constantly, he will just never switch off. But, um, you know, I like to, at least when I get into bed, not talk about work and he will be like, what about this email? What about this? And I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> that is going to be so hard. I couldn't live with Rachel for that reason. Like yeah. my husband's the exact opposite. So I'm like the stress head, do not switch off. And he's like the polar opposite. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, he's like, do not talk to him about business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's that fine line, but yeah, no, it's, it's been fine. It was so challenging when we were both trying to do the same thing but now we've got clear to find roles. Yeah. He does one thing. Don't work in my office. Don't come and speak to me when I've got this to do and stuff. <laughs> it wasn't until we had like clearly defined yeah. roles that we really respect yeah. each other's zones and you've just got to let them do what they do best. Yeah, totally. Otherwise yeah. it can be pretty ugly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can imagine catty sisters. Yes. Like, yeah. we, Seriously. We've um, spoken about this in our other um podcast episodes how we've had mediation yeah of, we how, to like, have. of how to work with each other and deal with each other because we're both <laughs> completely different our, like conflict strategies our way to talk to each other it's so funny <laughs> so I guess for us we always wrap up our podcast by asking you if you could tell your 16 year old self some advice looking back at the journey that you've been on what would you say to her it gets so much better I really struggled in school especially around that 16 year old age and I still to this day have nightmares about me being back at school so (laughs) I yeah it's so much better because I literally said to someone the other day you know we were talking about the mental health of students at school and I think that when you're at school you're in this little bubble where the world actually does not exist outside of school and you have no concept of what it is actually like to live in the real world and I wish that they told kids more often you know life gets so much better once Mm -hmm. you leave school you know you can be whoever you want to be it's completely up to you and I just think that you know you're so restricted by who you can be whilst you're at school that people like kids lose sight of that so I love that Mm, definitely amazing and the best is yet to come. So I think even our listeners who are listening through COVID, it sucks at the moment, but yeah, it gets better and the best is yet to come. It's really cool. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It's who I am. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review below. You can also connect with us on Instagram at francesca.com.au and Facebook.